Life is a journey, and eventually, all roads come together. You're listening to Breaking Camp, conversations focusing on our passion for the outdoors, everyday life, learning new things, and growing as people. I'm Bryce Ginther. And I'm Aaron Brenneman. And this is Breaking Camp. Well, good morning. How's it going, man? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you? It is still morning. We made it. Yeah, we did. We made it. We we shot for, you know, 10 o'clock and we're just under the wire at noon. This setup is getting easier and easier each week. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, um, so I forgot what we were going to talk about. I forgot what I was going to You were going to, what are we going to talk about later? Later, we're going to talk about what it is that we love about being outside, getting into the outdoors and all that kind of stuff. And just kind of the why behind, you know. Why are we so infatuated with being out in the woods mm. and being out in nature? So yeah. that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, but before we get to there, um, dude, you see, I understand that you have an, an update I for do us. have a quick update. But I, before I get to the update, I got to say one thing. So you've seen the some e-cards where they have like these pithy little sayings. It's like a drawing and a cartoon of the people. You know? Right, and right. So I saw one of those the other day and. I was thinking back to probably 25 years ago, mm-hmm. I don't, a long time ago, 20 years ago, 15 years, who knows? It seems like it's <laughs> been forever. Yeah. Probably not. But I basically remembered, I saw one of those, and I sent one to my friend a long time ago that basically was that, it had the picture, and it said, I'm outdoorsy in that I like to sit on patios. <laughs> Okay. And there was a time where that really resonated with me. I would huh. camp occasionally. Okay. You know, I just didn't spend a lot of right. uh I wasn't intentional and I wasn't always outside and I hadn't fully experienced the love of what I right. think of the outdoors today, which in- leads me to spend more time out there. So I was just thinking sure. about that. But um yeah, an update from last week. Okay. So we talked about alpacas. Yes, we did. So the neighbor leases part of the pasture and we got five, I think, alpacas out there. All right. But they were making a lot of noise. They were fighting. They were messing with each other. They were mm-hmm. chasing each other. And one of them basically is keeping the other one down in the blackberry bushes and the brambles on the side of the pasture out toward the road. Not cool. Chasing this thing around. And we said, you know, hey, who are we to judge? Right. You know, maybe the alpaca did something yeah. to the other one we don't know about. So the neighbor comes over. We, I had told her, I said, mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that she knew this was what's going on with the alpacas. So she came over and... First of all, it was Gallant and Atlantis. Oh, Those are the crap. two white uh, white furred alpacas that were out there. And it sounds like cars I would never buy. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Who doesn't love a Mitsubishi Gallant? <laughs> I just can't. No. <laughs> um, what was the other one? Atlantis. Oh, which is not a car, I don't think. But no. If it was, place. probably wouldn't buy it. I think it's that resort they have down in the Bermudas or something. Bahamas. Ooh, I want to take you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so the neighbor comes over and she's like, yeah, they've been kind of at each other. That w- Atlantis had been up in the other pasture mm-hmm. away from the others. She was hesitant to keep them apart because the, the longer you keep them apart when mm-hmm. they come together, the more likely they are to spar with each other. Hmm. And, and it should be noted, like, they just chase each other around and nip at each other's ankles and, mm-hmm. and make a lot of noise and scream. 
They're not really fighting. But it's like some kids <laughs> on the playground, right? Like yeah. you got a, a, a bully. There's or... legit bullying going on. There's legit bullying. It's like there's a gang of alpacas. Right. And they kind of watch the other one. and We did talk about, it's kind of like West Side Story, right? They're we did. snapping their hooves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. But their teeth, their fighting teeth, right. like we saw when we went to the shearing, mm-hmm. they take an angle grinder and shear and, and shave down their teeth. It's so they don't have their fighting teeth crazy. that they would out in the wild. Yeah. But what happened is Atlantis is a smaller mm-hmm. alpaca. Okay. It's, they're both the same age. So I talked about that with her. I asked her, is that one? Because I thought Atlantis was younger, kind of getting picked on as a teenager. So oh. I think they're the same age. Atlantis is just a little smaller. So Gallant. Gallant? Gallant. Gallant. I like Gallant. Gallant. Let's go with that. Gallant was chasing, when they were in the same pasture before, Gallant was picking on up Atlantis because Atlantis was smaller. Hmm. Well, one day... Atlantis had enough, and just he punched the bully in the nose. Punched the flipped the table over, and said, "I've had enough." Uh-huh. And got on top of oh. Gallant and was like, had Gallant down, and was like out for blood, seeing red. <laughs> and so they had to separate him at that point. And ever since then, mm-hmm. Gallant has had a vendetta against the smaller Atlantis. Dang. So there is history. There's a story there. There's a story there. Bad blood. So there's tattoos involved, I imagine, at this point, to tell this history. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, petroglyphs that they've carved on the trees with their teeth. (laughs) You can find it. Okay, I got another update for us from last episode. So (laughs) one of the things that I'm learning about listening back to my own voice (laughs) is that when we just talk about stuff, Mm -hmm. like sometimes in life you talk about stuff and you think you know things. Sure. And then you're like, well, wait, was that correct? Mm-hmm. So can you think of anything that we may have been incorrect on last time? Never. Okay. Well, we talked- I mean, probably plenty. We talked about uh, <clears throat> Patrick Warburton. Oh, yeah. Do you know who that is? So so we were talking about, <laughs> we were talking about the voice from- uh, from, uh, from some kid's movie or the, something. Yeah, right? from the Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, which is- He plays pun- Kronk. With, but he plays Putty in Seinfeld. Putty on Seinfeld. David Putty on Warburton. Seinfeld. Patrick Warburton. Ah. Not the same guy who's the radio host on Northern Exposure. Oh, okay. Because that's John Corbett. Oh, so we were wrong kind of twice. We sort were, of, sort of. Yeah. But we, like, we combined them as the same person and it was neither, but, but you're going to need to look at some <laughs> pictures because I Googled this and I checked it out. I was listening back and I was like, well, is that correct? Well, I can just. And so. John Corbett, you'll know him from a bunch of stuff. Um, it's Patrick Warburton. Patrick Warburton. Yeah. So check out who John Corbett is. This does make for fascinating audio when you have uh, live Googling. Yeah. I'm well aware. But listeners at home, you know, you might say Patrick Warburton, John Corbett. Oh, different. Different guy. Yeah. But he, what do you know him from? Because he's from a bunch of stuff. I know him from Northern Exposure as Chris. The radio host. Great show, by the way. My Have you big, watched fat that? Greek wedding. He was in that. Okay. Sex in the City. Sex in the City. Because I think we said, you said Finding Nemo, Kronk, <laughs> Putty. I said Sex in the City. but And then I went to, I know him from Northern Exposure. So yeah. we got three steps away. We're not just the wrong. same guy. Wrong across the board. Yeah. So it's Patrick Warburton. He, he plays Kronk. He plays Kronk. Who plays Putty. Who is, Kronk is the best character which is not the same character as on sex in the city correct mr big is that right 
I think that's his character. I, I really, I think I've only watched a couple episodes of that show. It's not my thing. I'm Miranda. <laughs> God, dude. I'm out. I'm out. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So those are so those are my correcting updates. ourselves. I like it. It just shows From humanity and last week and you know whatever. We're just talking real time, real <laughs> real time, just winging it. Not tons of research. You know, you guys might think that we know everything we're talking about. Definitely not the case. Nope. No. Nope. That's so, hilarious. That's what I got. Oh, I then then I got one other update on alpacas. Would you like to hear that? Let me think about it. Okay, sure. Okay, so we talked about how the alpacas will spit on each other, right? Yep, yeah. Spit the cud. Yeah, gross. Well, alpacas have one stomach, but they have three compartments within that stomach. Like lobes? Uh, Well, I don't know what a ruminant is, but I think it's a some sort of a subspecies of a it's mammal. It's a couch, isn't it? So it's like, that's a Davenport. <laughs> Like cows, I think have multiple. Here's another. Yeah, I got yeah, more yeah. fact checking. I got to well, do. Wait, do I have cows have correct? stomach? Mo- lots of stomachs. Or lots of stomachs. Like I don't know. So alpacas, not a true ruminant, only have one stomach, but there's three compartments, mm-hmm. and the alpaca can and will regurgitate its food and mm. chew it some more seven, sometimes up to seventy five times. That's disgusting. Yeah. So the first time they do it is just to lubricate it enough to get it down into their stomach. And then no. bring it back up, chew it, chew it, chew it, bring it down. I, I got to talk that to was Amy about this because she wants alpacas, and I was yeah. cool with it. Yeah. But that's gross. Well, like, just don't have it in your living room. Oh, touche. But 75 times. Okay, listen. What else do they got to do? They're just walking around <laughs> in the grass. <laughs> well, gosh, you're making all these good there's, points there's today. No, they don't have to do any cooking. Mm. They don't have to do any dishes. It's true. They don't have to make their bed. No making their <laughs> no bed. Chores. There's no shopping. No chores. No. They don't have a job. No, jo- definitely <laughs> not a job. Their job Lazy. is just to stand around. Yeah, look cute. That's their job. Which that I mean that in and of itself sounds like a pretty good job. Just stand around. They're basically pasture models, really. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, look at you. You're so cute. And they like pose. Pose they for do. a little picture. They. I think part of their job is to look curious and inquisitive. Exactly. <laughs> because that's a constant <laughs> face that they make. They're, They're like, hey, what? what's going on over there? What are you doing? <laughs> Hello. You have food? Yeah. So alpacas. <laughs> big fan. I think you should, should get some. Someday. Also, they make very nice sweaters. Oh, well, I will definitely vouch for that. Um, you know, I've mentioned that I've gone to Ecuador uh, oh. before, and they have... Uh, I think down there, like South America, that's where the alpacas are kind of mm-hmm. native to. Yeah, I and think Peru is a really big uh-huh, place where they, which are. is neighboring uh, Ecuador. Okay, Ooh, fact check me. <laughs> <laughs> Live geography <laughs> yeah, lessons. There we go. <laughs> have I remembered? Um, but anyway, it is a neighboring country. But they have alpaca fiber everything. Mm. You know, shirts, uh, hats, like wool hats, blankets, of course. Um, all that kind of stuff, and it's really awesome. Like they're they're it's a softer, what do you call it, fiber or something, wool, yeah. whatever. Definitely um, soft. It's not scratchy like a wool, not like wool. sheep, but very warm. And I think it has something to do with the, the lanolin that's in. Can you define lanolin? It's like an oil. Oh, okay, Boom. yeah. Boom. Nice job. Nailed it. Lanolin is the stuff that's in sheep's wool. Uh, I don't believe that alpacas have that oil it's different mm. 
So somehow their their hair or their wool, whatever, is different. But I I think that the 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 thing that people react to in wool is the lanolin in sheep's wool, the, like the ir- minor skin irritation. I don't, yeah, I don't think it's Not the scratchiness so much. The scratchiness has to do with how you harvest the, um, what do you call it, fleece? Okay. Okay. So there's a proper way to do it. Like there's a certain way to do it for just utilitarian uses, but then the like soft fiber blankets and this and that they they somehow get the hair off different. I always say hair, but oh, the wool they yeah. it, it comes off differently. I don't think it's sh- uh, shorn, shorn, <laughs> past tense I, of sheared. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Anyway, I yeah I know that it's really. I'm expensive. getting deep in the weeds and I'm running out of knowledge. We're, we're, we are deep, so we're gonna. But one quick thing: it's really expensive too. That alpaca mm-hmm. wool. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking a while back, you know, can't really afford to buy it, justify buying it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll just go out in the pasture with a vacuum. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. Thanks for the update. <laughs> you're welcome. That's been uh, last week's update. Uh, we were wrong about this. Blah, wrong blah, about blah. this, this, this. So we're going to keep a list of things possibly wrong. Maybe. <laughs> and then update you as we go. Okay, so today in Camp Kitchen, uh, we're gonna. I made jalapeno poppers. Now, love it. Yeah, I mean, who does? If you don't like a jalapeno popper, what are you doing with your life? Some people don't like spicy though. Yeah, and what I love about jalapenos, at least most jalapenos, okay, is they're not overly spicy. And people are like, no, yeah, they are. No, they're not. They can be hotter, but the ones that I've been buying at the store just are not very hot. Uh, and I take the seeds out, like we were just talking earlier, yeah. and you leave the seeds in, or you like mix the seeds into. I would, yeah. I, I leave them in when I cook with jalapenos. I like spicy. Yeah. So most of the spice is in the seeds. Yes, exactly. So, uh, so okay. if you want, let's let's take a crunch here. Well, so you made these just this morning, or yeah? So I'll, is this something let's you take make? a bite, and okay. then I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll tell you where I did. Oh, I'm in. So these are camp style. Mm, okay. I didn't go crazy since we are definitely more of a camping style show right yeah which means kind of easy to prepare Mm -hmm. easy Mm -hmm. to cook right minimal equipment so these were these were cooked in cast iron okay which which i always take camping um fried took you know you you cut them in half take seeds out fry them uh in oil like I use avocado oil, mm-hmm. and um, and then when I I've put them uh, you know inside down right for the first part, then I flipped them over so that now they're sitting there like little boats, mm. and that's when I I just laid in a little strip of cream cheese mm-hmm. and then topped it with a slice of uh, pepper jack. Pepper jack, nice. Those are good. Super basic, super yeah. easy camp food that you mm-hmm. can totally do. You could. Even cut them and clean them at home before you go, but anyway, today that was like, oh, this is this is a great, a great recipe for going out and doing your your outdoorsing if you're going to be having having a kitchen set up. Yeah, for sure. No, they're great. You could do them a couple of ways. You could bring the stuff, just bring a couple of things in your cooler mm-hmm. and make them right there, or you could prep them ahead of time, have them all ready to go. Yeah, and you could also make them 
ahead of time because they're really good cold, mm. really good. And they just sort of marinate and just get mm, happy, as Amaral Lagasse would say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, those are good. I'm a yeah. big fan of jalapenos, big fan of spice. So, so anyway. Plus, plus cheese. Cheese, of course. Too big of a fan of cheese. So there you go. That's today's treat. Okay, so uh, let's get to the to the topic of today's show. All right, so here's what I figured. We want to talk about the why. Like, what it, what's the reason that we're even, um, you know, getting out into nature, into the outdoors? What What is it about it that makes us just so crazy about getting out there? So we talked a little bit about how we met the one day, uh, how we re-met not too long ago and came back together, and mm-hmm. but... Like we we met there at church and and you came up to me and you were like, yeah. I think you mentioned you're like you saw me and you're like, oh that guy fishes. <laughs> yeah, you could tell. You're like Even, you you could tell he's outdoors. Oh yeah, you you were dressed like I love to dress when I'm like kicking around camp, and I'm like, oh, whoa, we might be friends. Yeah, like, <laughs> and and people you know you can kind of recognize them and say like, oh that, that person's kind of outdoorsy, right? Or you just know people, but like I think what we want to talk about is how do we get there and what is it about the outdoors that we love yeah. as a lifestyle, whether we're in town or we're outdoors, are yes. always driving us back to those locations. Yeah, like we've heard the the hashtag, you know, the mountains are calling, you know. And mm. as, uh, as you know, I'm not going to hate on that. It's fine. Uh, it's a little little cheesy, but it's like, it is. It's true. It's like nature calls us out there. And what it, why does it do that? What's the draw uh, to get us outside and into nature? Yeah, well, just a quick fact on that. That was uh, written by John Muir in a... 1873 letter to his sister. The mountains are calling. I'm sure everyone has seen the shirt, seen the journal, oh, yeah. seen the coffee cup, yeah. seen the bumper sticker. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of interesting that uh, the the full quote, actually, I was just looking at up while we were talking about it, is, the mountains are calling and I must go, and I will work while I can, studying incessantly. Mm-hmm. So Love it. Little factoid. John Muir factoids. So obvious, obvious draw is the first thing would be the activities um, and the adventures that we go on, you know, because, you know, typically when when people are going out into nature, you know, they are doing something. You're not mm. just sitting there. Sometimes yeah. people are, you know. Shinrin Yoku, forest bathing. <laughs> I am not. I, I haven't <laughs> taken a forest bath in my life. Oh, wow. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So, like, the activities. So, you're going out into the woods. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to fish. Exactly. But like, you're going to fish. You're going to camp. But there's a whole deeper, mm-hmm. fuller reason and explanation of what you're doing there. And I would say if my forest bath would be very complicated, it wouldn't be just simply walking into the woods and sitting. Interesting. Yeah. It has a lot of things. There's a lot of prep and like things involved oh, in my forest a lot of, bath. A lot of stuff, a lot of doing. Not a lot of being, <laughs> a lot of going, doing. Yeah. Kind of yeah. at times. Well, it would be, let's talk about a bath or a shower. If I turned on the water, stepped in, and just stood there, am I bathing? Or am I just getting sprayed? I think you need to you you turn it do on, some but you've got to lay down. Oh, By do oh, some oh, stuff, oh. you mean like light a candle, get <laughs> some salts, grab a good book? I'm not a bath taker. Oh. I, uh, when, when we moved into this place, the first thing Amy and I did was take the bathtub out. Mm. And because there was this big bathtub in an angle in the bathroom, and um, we're like, this is such a waste. And out it came. So... It became a closet. 
Okay. Which is better. Interesting. I always love the idea of a good bath. Like if I go on vacation somewhere with a nice tub. Yeah. But don't yeah. take them on a regular. <laughs> so so obviously there's the adventure of why we get out, right? Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there's but that's just the that's just scratching the surface. I feel like and and so you know I feel like one of the um, one of the things that that people have inside them, and I would definitely identify with this, is that we like to test ourselves. Um, you know, and a, a friend of mine, he's a mentor of mine, taught me the the phrase "good suffering," mm. and and I'm like, what the heck is good suffering? <clears throat> and and it is. It's like, you know, this you you plan ahead, you know what you're going to encounter, or you try to you know anticipate what you're going to encounter, and you're going to try and like test your limits. Uh, maybe it's climbing a mountain, maybe it's hiking, uh, you know, a certain distance or, um, navigating, like, you know, we're going to use a map and a compass and we're going to like shoot compass bearings and we're going to, you know, test and see if we can survive and do shoot this thing. Shoot what bearings? What <laughs> yes. is, what is the What's thing you're referencing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before phones, right? Like this is, this is aging myself, but like. Yeah, I, I ventured into the woods well before the the mm. advent of a cell phone, you know, so. Good skills to have, map and compass yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah, testing yourself, I can think of that in a couple of ways, you know, like if you're backpacking and you want to go long distances or you want to go super light, mm-hmm. uh, multiple days, like how, how long can I be out there without the creature comforts? Mm-hmm. I also often will test myself, like, how many naps can I get today? <laughs> it's a really good test. <laughs> and still get a good night's sleep. Yeah. Because yeah. that's a balance too. You can't nap too much, no. or else no. you can't sleep all night. Right? Yeah. Or like a play a game. Awesome. What's the over under on the the number of naps this <laughs> this trip? I yeah. think it's always three take days, the over four naps. Always take four the naps. over. <laughs> um, okay. So another thing, solitude. Mm. Um, you know, I I definitely, um, you know, I think that the the pace of life that we all seem to live. And, and I really do feel like we can pretty much say all, you know, Mm -hmm. because at this point with how connected the entire world is, we are never alone. Even when we're alone, Mm -hmm. we are connected to a device of some Mm -hmm. sort and that connects us to the world. Or an obligation of a checking email for work or getting back to people or that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, That long, long gone is the day where you would uh, work in solitude uninterrupted. It's very, very rare. Mm. And people have to be very, um, you know, structured and disciplined uh, about doing that. And there are books, so many books written about, you know, basically uh, getting into a, a deeper sort of workspace mm. and, and, so, and being a and headspace and everything without all the distractions. But it's not, not very many people do that. Yeah, the deep, the deep work, the creative yeah. work. Right. The all of that stuff that comes from those spaces that our brain can't always get to when we're constantly pulled to here and there and marketing mm-hmm. message and email and text yeah. communication and because phone that call. creative space you get to it gives you a better uh, outcome right a better product mm-hmm. that whatever it is that you're that you're doing with work say yeah well the same thing goes with being outside you know and and I really feel like. Um, being alone, being out in nature and whether you're with somebody or not, like get away from them for a, for a time to get quiet, Yeah, you know, and, um, that to me is, that's got so much value 
uh, to me. And I have learned recently how important that is to me. Um, and I don't know if I've mentioned it before on here or not, mm. but you know, as far as Enneagram goes, I'm an Enneagram seven. And, um, and so uh, as I've learned my personality and especially through that framework, um, I love fun, everything mm. that's, mo- I'm motivated by fun. And so what, what that is frequently, um, misunderstood as, is the guy who always wants a party, always wants loud, always wants crazy. But what I have started to learn is that a seven really needs a lot of alone time. Mm. And um, and it is so true as I have kind of tested this and, and I've kind of thought back at my favorite trips or favorite experiences outside. You know, I do have some favorite experiences with people. They are very monumental in my life. I've shared some incredible um, you know, rites of passage and different things with people. But there have been some times that I have that I will never share because they're mm-hmm. private and, mm-hmm. and they were just so good and so awesome. Yeah, I think and, we all we all need that to some extent. As an Enneagram 9, I mean, it's kind of more in my natural wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And we all need that. And some of it, our natural inclinations are not to move toward that direction. But I think as you're talking about when you have stepped into that, you see tremendous benefit mm-hmm. in your state of being. Yeah, yeah. So definitely solitude, um, which also can lend itself to this next one on the list that I've got is personal growth. And so um, that one, that one's an interesting one. But again, I think I think personal growth could could potentially be the byproduct of really all of the pros of why we get out. You know, the the reasons we get out into nature. But um, most recent example, uh, this weekend, uh, Isaac and I uh, went out. And so Isaac's my son. He just turned 17. Uh, he's kind of getting back into fishing, if you will, and, and really, really trying to, he's pursuing it himself. And so uh, we're fly fishing, and he wants to learn that. So we camped. Uh, we're on the river, and, and uh, I really focused on him this weekend. And, and so it was, it was about him. It was about getting him to catch fish. Uh, I'm pretty familiar with the river we we went to, but it's no guarantee. I've been skunked plenty of times, um, Mm -hmm. on this river and even guides I know are, you know, it's it's just no guarantee. Right. But typically you can adjust your fishing style to at least catch a little one. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? And so anyway, but, but to me, and to me, it's like when I go out fishing, I want to catch fish. That is very important to me. Uh, it's one of the reasons that I'm so, um, not anti steelhead, but like steelhead really irk me. Mm. And the people who are like steelhead crazy are a different bent, you know, they're just, they're just a, a different breed of fishermen. And anyway, so I enjoy trout, and and one of the reasons I, I enjoy them is that they're readily available, and you can catch lots them. Of catching. See, I'm a, I steelhead fish, and up until this last year, probably much more than I do for trout typically. Mm-hmm. So I would spend my time November through mm-hmm. February, March down the coast on the the Clackamas, on the streams here in the metro area. Yeah, and just that's the thing is the you know it's not about catching the fish; it's about the time and the activity and the preparation and the weather and the mm-hmm. solitude and the perspective and all of that. And I'm plenty good with it. You Steelheading know. feels like a road trip to me. Oh, I I know how you feel about those. Yeah, yeah. So so anyway, this this weekend, I, uh, while I was focusing on Isaac, he did outfish me. 
So, so he, I think it was, you know, literally we fished an evening and then a morning and an evening. So there were three kind of outings. Um, he hooked four fish and, um, a couple good ones, a couple, you know, smallish ones, but it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. They're all good at this point. Yeah. And, um, and the first night I, I didn't even really wet a fly. I was just trying to help put him in the spot figure out where do we you know kind of a reminder okay remember we do it this way and oh yeah Yeah. that's right so you get familiar again with what's going on um and he hooked a fish that night which was really cool um and then the next morning we got up and and um same thing i'm like i set him up with with what was we we felt was going to work for the day and and he hooked another uh fish that morning which was awesome and then that and i didn't hook one and so i was skunked in the morning and and I, I I did I did try to fish, but like I was always like fishing with like kind of my eyes, mm-hmm. you know, watching him. So I just wasn't focusing. Yeah. But it was really fun, and I guess that's the, that's the point of what I'm getting at is that I ended up hooking one fish, which was great. Didn't get it to my hand or anything, but it was it was on for a good while, and um, it was I saw it, it jumped a bunch of times. It was a big one, mm-hmm. and I was like, this was so much fun. I got the same rush. It you know I ended up. Uh, breaking off and it was fine yeah but like dude he was so excited about this trip and he's very quiet he's also a nine on the enneagram and so he's a little tougher to read but um i mean shoot he posted this thing on enneagram or uh, on instagram that Mm. was like it made me cry it was like whoo okay that was a good trip and again like that's a one of those things where i'm like that was such a satisfying trip weekend that I would do that again in a heartbeat. Yeah, I've experienced that too. Sometimes when I'll go fishing, like I've taken my cousin out, little kid, you know, about 10 or so, and we'll go oftentimes with Cora and her nephews, and, and even with her is oftentimes I'm investing my time and energy to make sure that the other person mm-hmm. has a good time, catches some fish. Like I'd rather see that and mm-hmm. see the excitement that comes from someone else Yeah, gets involved and invested in the activity that then on their own wants to do as opposed to... I could be standing over there by myself catching fish, but if the other person is having no fun, right. not catching any fish, doesn't know guilty. what they're doing, <laughs> yeah. like that cost-benefit yeah. analysis yeah. there doesn't yeah. really weigh. Exactly. So I'd much rather help other people. And so it is about that commu- that uh, connection with people. And the activity becomes fishing, but it's like encouraging and building and supporting the other person doing an activity you're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so closeness with creation, I think, mm-hmm. is another reason. Uh, for me. Um, and I mean, just, there is something cool about being close to something like the power of nature, you know, Mm -hmm. water obviously is, Mm -hmm. uh, has a ton of power. And when, as soon as you set one foot in it, you realize, oh, wow, this thing is the master of me, right? I, I, I will not tame this beast. Yeah. Um, and I, I have done some hunting. Um, I haven't hunted for a while, but getting close to animals uh are it's so thrilling to me and just Mm. awesome um so definitely and it's not just about wildlife you know it's it's definitely just you know uh, i've climbed mount hood and being at the top of that mountain now for me that's kind of a bucket list thing it's not Mm -hmm. like i want to go do it every year um but recently isaac is like hey i want to climb mount hood i'm like oh man that uh, sounds like i'm gonna be climbing mount hood if i get invited it's time to start (laughs) training yeah Uh, (laughs) so but, but, you know, just to be close mm. to 
this world and, and nature and creation. Yeah. I think that what I find in that is that it, it gives me a perspective on myself relative to everything around me, like the scale mm-hmm. and grandeur of creation, of the mountains, mm-hmm. of the forest, of the trees, yeah. of the wildlife. So, totally. Yeah. Yeah, that's when you, uh, I, I frequently will find myself um, in a in a position or a situation where I have some sort of bigger view, like physically, you know, I can see a lot of the landscape or whatever. You, yeah, and in that moment of realizing how small you are, mm-hmm. you you think back to like this has been around so long, and how cool that is, and and like you know there was no paved road, mm. <laughs> you know, and. And I love thinking about all that kind of stuff and kind of putting myself back then, you know, and did it, did it feel like this back then? Like, did this space that I'm in feel like that, you know, way, uh, you know, hundreds of millions of years ago or whatever, did it feel like that? Mm. And I don't know. It's just kind of cool. Love that. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Um, and I would say, you know, again, slower pace of life, you know, uh, like we just said the hurry, the 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 uh, constant, um, I hate to say like demands, but you know, I mean, constant asks and, and responsibilities and just the bombardment of yeah. living in this modern world. You know, whether it's yeah, friends and family, whether it's marketing messaging, whether it's emails, whether it's work, whether it's mm-hmm. whatever. It's like the world's constantly coming at us, and we're interpreting yeah. it real time, and we're full, and we're at capacity a lot of the time, which mm-hmm. is a good place to be for others. Um, but for me, I know as a Enneagram nine slothfulness can be a, a mm-hmm. pace that I'm much comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Like getting out there, it's very conducive to letting the things of the world slip away for a little bit and mm-hmm. just be fully present in this now without the demands of everything constantly coming at me. Well, I would even say for sports that are like, let's, I used to ride uh, dirt bikes in the, in, you know, in trails and stuff. Even that, where you're kind of, you know, it's almost like a speed junkie sort of thing. There's an adrenaline rush. The biggest adrenaline rush I've ever experienced is on a, on a dirt bike. Hmm. And But even though you're, you know, going fast through the woods or whatever, that to me, like mentally, is a slow space. Because, because you are not, you're only focusing on one thing. Because your safety sure. really relies on that. Yeah. And so... The, I I just equate that slower pace with not being distracted by anything else, mm-hmm. you know, and and just fully kind of, present in the activity you're focused on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like if you only did that thing for that day, you know, by the world standards, you're like, oh, well, you only accomplish one thing today, mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah, that was the whole point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm not a big motorcycle, dirt bike guy. That I, was fun. You know, the water skis of the forest right i know it's definitely a, a different a different thing it's not like peaceful yeah it's only fun for the guy on it yeah right but um i certainly understand it and i get it and it's that being in the zone thing like in yeah. basketball or in golf you know when you're just in the zone and you're in the moment and like mm-hmm. that is the tunnel vision that everything is focused on yes everything else kind of falls away yep totally awesome so it's really a pace of activity but a pace of for me at least uh, mental noise and uh, mental chatter mm-hmm. that can sometimes amplify the pace of my regular thoughts. Totally. Okay, so that's the stuff we love. 
in, mm. in a nutshell. I mean, we could go on and on. Um, what? Let's talk about some stuff that that um, you know the downsides, right? The things mm. we don't love about being outside okay. in nature, because you know we're not all you know rainbows and daisies and unicorns everywhere. Yeah. Right. So, all right, you ready for this? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. What do, What do we got? So, how about bitey and stingy things? Okay. So maybe like <laughs> mosquitoes. Not a fan. Not a fan. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can handle. Uh, yeah. Unless you're in Alaska, then it's legit. It's it's a bombardment. Yeah. <laughs> so do they uh, tend to like your flavor? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm okay. a, I'm a me biteable too. human me being. Me too. Yeah. Some people are like, oh, they don't bother me. Yeah. Not me. Yeah. I I I get eaten alive. I was listening to a podcast about that not too long ago, and apparently that has to do with a number of factors. Like we, oftentimes people talk about their their blood type or their what they oh, eat, right. those sort of things. But a lot of it has to do with the CO two. That you're emitting from yeah. your body, and so like that is what the mosquitoes are drawn into. Yes, and then there are some other things with like clothing colors and stuff like that that you can do. But I I tend to wear way too much clothes, so I'm wearing mm-hmm. I'm constantly wearing long sleeves and pants when I'm outdoors. I can mm-hmm. get my feet and my neck and my hands a little bit, and I'm right. okay. But yeah, I like to. It, now they have so many cool fabrics for sunscreen. Mm-hmm. That, uh, but like if it's just a thin shirt, like the skeeters can get through that. Still get you, <laughs> yeah, so, for sure. But like, like I'm not afraid of bees. I'm not really allergic to bees, but mm. don't want to get stung. Don't want to step in a yeah. nest or something like that. Got bit um, by a wasp last summer. Bit or stung? Bit. What? I think wasps bite. Uh, do they? Uh, fact checking coming next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, I never knew that. Well, was that wait, a... like a hornet, like a like a yellow jacket. No, like a wasp. Like the skinny ones. Yeah, they bite. Okay, so I really... So this is not the murder hornet? <laughs> have, have yet to encounter one of those. Yeah, but I got... Uh, I was just walking. I was out in Joseph, walking by around like an old wood pile. And it was like the... It was literally like the, <clears throat> the scene there in Forrest Gump, mm-hmm. where it's like, ah, something bit me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that like a horse fly and a deer fly definitely bite you yeah and those hurt those those things are um they look kind of like a bee the the deer fly does and and it's got these like if you look at a at a image oh and they and you look at a close-up those things have like loppers like scissor mandibles that like basically saw your skin open and then they drink your blood it's disgusting <laughs> so awful yeah deer fly what, what do you got I, I don't got anything. Google has failed me immediately. But I <laughs> I remember when it happened, I went back, and there was no stinger that was in me. Yeah. It was more of a bite. So this huh. may all be updated next week I, in terms of what I, it was. I, here's what I know. Yeah. It was not the murder hornet, mm-hmm. which is a terrifying thing if you've seen any pictures of those. Yes. They're like the size of those jalapeno poppers we had earlier. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it wasn't just a straight bee mm-hmm. or yellow jacket, so... Hornet, wasps, some somewhere in the middle was a thing that is a bitey. Yeah, know. yeah, don't like that. No, not. Fine. Uh, also, uh, uh, just a hatred poison oak, or any of the poison mm. plants. Um, dude, again, talk about being susceptible. I, I definitely have gotten my share of poison oak in, in my day. Yeah, and that stuff. It doesn't like get to the point where oh my gosh I have to go to the doctor like mm-hmm. it's not oozing blisters or whatever because I have a friend who's who he is he just looking at the stuff he'll get it yeah, okay so <laughs> yeah, you're kind you of know. in the middle average yeah. sort of range of yeah. susceptibility to it but definitely I am all the time looking for it and mm. I now 
know the different varieties in our mm-hmm. area, and there definitely are like differences. Yeah, yeah, the different ways that they look throughout the different seasons. When yeah. They're oh yeah. Greener, redder. Yeah, because everybody thinks, oh, it looks like oak. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and Western poison ivy, which is in the poison oak family, which I recently learned, hmm. um, looks more like an almond-shaped leaf. But it's still hanging in leaves of three. Leaves of three, let it be. Let it be. Heck yeah. Yeah. And then they have these pretty white flowers, you know, in the spring. And you're like, oh, that's pretty. I'll pick that and put it in the vase. And I don't pick a lot of flowers (laughs) for that reason. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I I often will carry uh, through some of the star star stuff I did. I got a variety of pictures in different phases. Yes. So I have a number of photos so that I can look at it in different phases on my phone and be like, well, is this? Because I don't always carry my po jar. Yeah plant book with me <laughs> the, the two i do a lot book. of the time but not always yeah. so yeah. then that way i have it on my phone as well yeah so okay so obviously don't want to get a rash you know speaking no. of rashes chafing mm. Ch- not not ideal not i don't but know it ten- if, tends to happen i don't know if anyone who who likes chafing let's combine some things here let's combine <laughs> no shower let's combine hot weather sweating let's combine Rapid activity, whether it's just hiking or biking yeah. or running or whatever. Friction. Friction. <laughs> there it is. There it is. That's the combination that will lead to chafing. So not something that everybody is going to talk about on every podcast, but it's a reality <laughs> of outdoor life. We right. say, I love the outdoors. That does not mean, oh, I love me some chafing. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. To, <laughs> can't know. wait to get out there and get some chafing this weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's no good. Uh, so... Obviously, that goes hand in hand with like profuse sweating. Mm. You know, just like again, I'm not afraid of sweating. Yeah, but when it gets to the point where your where your clothes are like sticking to you, mm. uh, and maybe you're not doing a whole bunch of activity, maybe you're trying yeah. to take so so on this trip with Isaac, uh, it was hot where we were, and we were just trying to take that midday nap, mm-hmm. and I couldn't. Both of us were just a sweaty mess, and we were in the shade. Too hot for Too the hot. afternoon now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. I couldn't sit in a hammock. Yeah. That's how hot it was. I'm going, what the heck? I sat in a chair and like kind of kicked over right there in the chair. Just like, mm. and it was, then you wake up and your neck hurts. And yeah. <laughs> and we've had a real mild spring here. So like yeah. our weather temperatures all of a sudden, it got we got to summer. We made it to July 5th. Mm-hmm. Gets to summer yeah. and all of a sudden, oh, summer's here. Temperatures jumped up. They were, I think we were upper upper 80s low 90s for part of it we're going to be up near 100 this weekend mm-hmm. but i don't think we've had that time to transition our bodies and get ready for the new climate <laughs> later really on happen. in the summer you yeah. know you're kind of are, are acclimated to it sure and it's like it's like if you live in the desert or palm springs or something like that or arizona new mexico where it's constantly hot and yeah. the humidity level you get acclimated we haven't been there yet no. later on in the summer you get there still yeah. Not a big fan of sweating. I have a I, lot of friends that are just sun junkies. I have a huge preference for shade. <laughs> yeah, so you guys won't co- you won't conflict with each other. Yeah, if I were to yeah. write a some sort of a uh, dating profile, obviously <laughs> I'm not going to because I have a wonderful girlfriend who will be on the show here soon. But it would definitely it wouldn't say long walks on the beach. It would say preference for shade. Long naps in the shade. Long naps in the shade. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like vampire. You know, it's yeah. kind of like, wait, what do you got going on over there? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So sweating definitely is a thing. and <laughs> But not a, not a deal breaker. Just you got to know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So that's where your clothing choices come in. And, uh, I, you know, I actually don't like the polyester 
things anymore. Mm. Used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those lead to this thing called chafing, mm. which I don't like. Kind of depends. Yeah, like you're talking like a polypropylene material. Polypropylene's uh, different. Okay. Love that. What are you talking about when you so say? So polyester is like all oh, the dry polyester. fit and gotcha. the Nike things. Not, not to hate yeah. on Nike, but all the companies have these. But like all the skin tight things. Oh, um, yeah. You know, also don't want to wear a sausage casing. That's not cool. Like, I'm, no. I'm, I need some more, a little, little looser garment. I'm getting back into biking, so I was thinking about some biking shorts. Oh, like hey. maybe a, a singlet. With the padded butt. A singlet. Yeah, I definitely, you laugh at that. I do. But you don't, you must not bike. Uh-uh. You gotta I sold have, all my you, bikes. You got to have some padded mani panties. So I... <laughs> My friend calls them those, and so I've adopted the name. But they're they're a game changer. I used to have a pair of those uh, when I did own a mountain bike, and every time I put those on, I felt like I was three years old, and I had just crapped my pants. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what is? I got this load in between my legs. Like, what's going on here? Oh, and then you get on the bike though, and it's seat, and it's like this is it's all good here. Yeah, Yeah. but that's the thing you got to get over. So. Material, yeah, clothing materials can definitely make a difference, whether it's in something tight, whether mm-hmm. it's in something cooling, whether it's a, a cotton material like cotton, don't wear it a lot, but yeah. it can be a great material for like if I'm out on a kayak and it's really hot yeah, and I want to have something I can dip in the water and keep cool because right. cotton is going to be pulling that heat from me. Not something I'm typically going to wear in a hot environment, right. but it has its purposes and wools and silks and all those things that will help wick and yeah. moisturize. I, Linen for a beach walk because it blows really nice. Oh, interesting. Okay. For the like, pictures. On, on the horse. The pictures <laughs> yeah. on the horse wearing a, I mean, yeah. it's a, it's a cape. Unbuttoned. There's probably a fancy An unbuttoned about. linen shirt. Oh. No, this With is maybe not. like some hemp pants. <laughs> yes. Yes. That are baggy. Yeah. And loose. Right. I like that. Okay. <laughs> Clothing materials can make a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know. Whether you're trying to keep cool or you're trying to keep warm, you totally. know, if you have the right clothing and the right material, that's it. You don't always have to go out and buy the, the most expensive, newest thing. But if you layer up and you're using the appropriate materials, like you can withstand the elements, yep. extremes on either end, which are going to be great for longevity of activity, especially not, not you know, people that have developed their own systems, but like helping other people with that mm-hmm. to ensure that people are warm or cool yeah. or dry. Is a huge thing because if right. you're out there and you're yeah. too hot or you're too cold right. or you're too wet, no matter how much fun you're having, it's not going to be a great time. Yeah, unless you're in the water, being wet is not usually a good thing. True. Hot, cold, whatever. Mm-hmm. Typically, it just leads to bad things. So yeah, right. The right the right gear, the right clothing is awesome. Um, so the last thing on my list of the things that we may not love about oh. the outdoors, and I say this one, uh, we'll see how this goes. But Are you going to disclaimer it? A little bit. A little bit. Because we, could, we do want people to go out yeah. and be in nature. We encourage that. I think it's life-giving and it's <clears throat> renewing and there's tremendous benefits, especially, you right. know, we've been in this time of COVID and, and quarantine yeah. recently. People we out. are fortunate that we live out in a smaller-ish mountain town yeah. where there's not a lot of uh, noise and concrete. Like the temperature, if you know, so you drive sure. into town, it's... Five to ten degrees cooler out here than it is when you're in the city, where the sun mm-hmm. is just reflecting and bouncing, yeah. as opposed to being absorbed by trees and all that. Yes. If you lived in town, and you lived in a smallish apartment or a complex or something, you would be going it's crazy. Go out. Hope so. you would think, yeah. So we want people so to go out. We, what we do. So having yeah. said that, one of the things that I don't love about being out in nature is other people. 
Ooh, that doesn't sound like something you would write, Bryce. I know. I know. Well, who wrote that? I may have written that. Yeah, there it is. (laughs) (laughs) But I quickly agreed because I'll say this. People make or break your outdoor experience. People make or break any good experience. To a certain extent, except and he, oh, I'm sorry. Before I interrupt, go ahead and continue what you were saying. Oh, you're laughing pretty good. <laughs> Let me just say, I think that um, oftentimes people can be inconsiderate of the space yeah. that they are in relative to the space that they are enjoying with other people. Right? That may be right noise. That may be activity. That may be whatever that is. It may be uh, the way that people leave trash. Or human waste, or all this sort of stuff that it's kind of like, well, I'm here, I do whatever I want, and I go away, and it doesn't matter. So true. But also, I could be out there, and I'm yelling at my kids to, or the dog every every few minutes, you know, and that that affects the um, experience of others. And so, I think when I say other people, I think it's uh, people lacking a general awareness of the way that their sounds, their activities, what they're leaving impacts other people and mm-hmm. I'm just not a fan of that. I think there's a beneficial way to get to helping people, but I think oftentimes when you try and encourage people with the way that they do things, they hear that as I'm doing it wrong. And <laughs> who the heck are you? And I read nah. a meme the other day. I hope I don't butcher it. It says, "In the history of calming down, no one has ever calmed down by being told to calm down." Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> That is like couldn't be it's more true. Right? Yeah. Uh, hey, dude, chill out. Right. Yeah. Like, calm down. Hey, you need to do this. Or, yeah. No. The next thing that comes is a fist or a or a you know a blue streak, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just mind your own business. You know. But what I have found is um, is this: if you're kind of a jerk at in your environment at home, guess what? You're gonna be a jerk mm. out in nature. That's true. Right. You bring that, right? You don't just all of a sudden turn into this incredible, you know, wonderful, thoughtful person. Life is stressful too much. I'm I'm Mm short-tempered. I'm impatient. I'm not kind in my daily life. And then I go out in the woods and all of a sudden I'm at peace. (laughs) So you're saying the peace is internal and external. (laughs) Right. Yeah, needs to be cultivated. There's a bigger thing going on there. Yeah. yeah. So, so you ever have one of those experiences with somebody and you're like, "Man, that was that was not a great encounter." But at least for me, as I've unpacked that, I walk away and like, "That's kind of too bad. That's a bummer." But then I think about the other person. I'm like, "That'd be really unfortunate to have most of your encounters with other people in that sort of way." We've talked about park hosts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I think. Well, I think most people they don't think think like you do. Well, They're just like, sucks to be that guy, you know. And and we're the we're the ones that are going pump, pump my chest up a little yeah, bit yeah, more yeah. here, like that jerk. Yeah, can't believe he told me to be quiet or yeah. stop yelling at my Who's kids. Who's that guy? Think he is? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I oh uh, yeah. You so, know, and it, 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 you, it is, always <laughs> as as I have worked in sales in past careers for a real long time, yeah. I oftentimes come with an approach of it's not what you say. But it's what is heard and how it's received. Right. So I'm very aware of that in sort of interactions. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people will and can, you know, kind of see the way that what they're doing is impacting the resources or other people's experience. Yeah. Other times that 
I mean, we can't call him Chad because we don't want to disparage producer no, Chad. No, no, Chad. Hey, don't hurt like his a, feelings. Yeah. You know, like a Todd. Maybe there's a Todd. <laughs> one of them jacked up truck Todds. What was what was the guy's name from Wedding Singer that, that Julia Gulia was? Julia. She was going to be Julia Gulia. What was, was that guy's name? I don't know. That guy name. had a jerk name. Yeah. It's like a Biff from biff. Back to the Future. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right? Like a biff. biff. Don't be a Biff. We should get a bumper sticker. We should get a bumper sticker. Here we go. Definitely. First product. First, check our website or Instagram. This is we don't real have a website. Time brainstorming, real time brainstorming. But is we could get good. we could get a bumper sticker that has the logo. Uh, check us out on Instagram at at Breaking Camp Podcast if you want to see the new logo we've been working on. But we yeah. could have a a bumper sticker that says "Don't be a Biff." Breaking Camp Podcast Just with our logo. Of him. That would be awesome. Oh my gosh. Dude, I'm that's sorry, hilarious. I interrupted. It's okay. <laughs> anyway, back to what we said. Oh, well, basically, other, other people. Other people. And it's not just the them being obnoxious and yelling and stuff like that. That's not that's not all of it. But like like disrespecting nature. Mm-hmm. Uh and certainly I I recognize that life is about, you know, like we we grow and change in life and, and typically as we get older we we mellow out a bit, typically. Mm-hmm. Um or we at least develop the ability to see others. <laughs> hope you hope, right? As yeah. life as life crushes the 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 ideals and the yeah. uh, the as life humbles us, yeah, slowly or quickly, yeah, you start to gain a, a greater appreciation yeah. for. There's some old guys others. out there that are just old, salty, you know, grumpy, crusty dudes. old, curmudgeon yeah. guys. Yeah. There's some dudes out there. Typically. When you treat those people with respect and kindness, they mm-hmm. respond fine. You know, yeah. there's no problem. Um, so, but but aside from from the just the I don't know vocal noise, just the, the like you touched on earlier, the mess. Mm. So I um, this last like five or six days, I've, I've actually camped quite a bit, um, and uh, this one campground I was in. You literally, it was dry camping. You were dispersed camping, right? Dis- off, yes. off, off a lake, so mm-hmm. you weren't really campground, but it was an established spot you were in. The amount of toilet paper I saw on the ground mm-hmm. in the forest was disgusting. The native Pacific Northwest toilet tree. Oh my gosh. I'm Gross. like, how can you walk away from that? How? I have no idea. Pause here for a product called the Kula Cloth. If you haven't heard of it, look it up. Kula Cloth? Not sponsored. No sponsorships. I haven't heard of that Kula yet. cloth. It's huh. primarily for the ladies. Oh, okay. But it helps with that exact issue. It's just one of those things that I'm going, oh my gosh. Like, So I was uh, walking down the, the place where I was at. The Pacific Crest Trail goes right by the lake. And I am on the trail, and I'm looking at tons of piles mm-hmm. of toilet paper. Here, there, all over, and I'm just going. Are you serious right mm-hmm. now? How how can you do that? So it, that kind of stuff really irks me. You know. Have you heard people talking about the shopping cart? No. This is kind of a, a modern uh, metaphor that's been brought up a lot lately. The okay. shopping cart is sort of a thing that we can look at in a lot of ways about the world we're in today. You can mm-hmm. apply it to the toilet paper. Mm-hmm. You can apply it to mask you can apply it to consideration Mm. for other people like there's this social sort of arrangement with the shopping cart so you go grocery shopping Mm -hmm. you take your shopping cart out 
you put your groceries in your car, mm-hmm. what do you do? Ah. What do you do? Return you just, the you cart. Just, you just don't lift it up and yeah. like plug it right next to you on the bark dust? You return the cart. There's no, there's no rule. There's no law. There's no enforcement no. that right. says you got to put the cart back. Right. Right. But I'm the same way. Like I, yes. I, I oftentimes oh, find a great opportunity to, to, to find an old granny and and just help lay back a little bit and then just happen to stroll by and may may I take your cart back? I just I don't have any grandmas. You're left. such a nice. Guy. I don't have any grandmas left, so I just like that interaction and and this opportunity. But you look at a you look at a parking lot a lot of times. There's carts strewn about. There's mm-hmm. no rule that says. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be in trouble if you don't take your cart back. But it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so there's a difference between the right thing to do, a rule or a law or a regulation, mm-hmm. and what is socially acceptable. Yeah. It applies to toilet paper just as well. Interesting. I like Ponder it. on that one. I will. I'll have, to, I'll have to keep that one for later. Yeah. So, and I don't, you know, again, I, I really do try to see the best in people. And uh, assume the best, I guess, you know, like, but what happens is as soon as you see someone, you immediately start making Mm. little micro judgments Mm -hmm. of, you know, how they look, how they sound, what they're, you know, how they're approaching anything they're doing. And that's just being human. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't think we can help that. It's just once we have the thought, what do we do with it? You know, once we have that. And do we even recognize it as a a judgment? And and sometimes they're overt. Sometimes they're subtle. Sometimes they're implicit, all that. So I try Mm -hmm. to like, you know. As I was floating on this lake, fishing, listening to somebody's like rap music, which again, I like rap music. I just didn't want to hear rap music on the lake mm. because I was I was trying to enjoy nature, you know? And so I'm listening to that and then all the conversation that goes along with it. And I was just kind of like, ugh. Gross. Was this like on a ski boat or something on the water you were Actually, on? they were camped, or not camped, but they were like day tripping to the mm. to the shore or whatever, and they all had their stuff set up. And again, free country, you know, this isn't my woods, mm-hmm. right? We all get access to this. But again, we just don't think about our impact on other people. And mm-hmm. clearly, they weren't. And and so it's like- And they may have, but they may just have not Maybe they care. just don't care. Yeah. yeah. I like this rap. Most people- Everybody should. If you're not on water, you don't realize how well sound travels. On yeah, water. Yeah. Holy cow. You can hear conversations from shocking distances. Oh, yeah, because you were camped right on the water, so yes. there are probably other people camped right on the water, and it's like if the conversation oh. lulls, you can hear word for word across the lake yes. what people are saying. Yes. And I don't think a lot of people recognize that. I don't th- either. You know, it's <laughs> some of the things I've heard from the piece of like a float tube or a kayak, I'm like, oh my gosh, mm. dude, no way. So anyway, but again- Ultimately, like the the pros and cons, right? There's obvi- everything has the pros and cons of of you know anything you're doing. You know anything has that. But ultimately, the reason that I love the outdoors, and I think you, I could speak for you on this, is it's about connecting, and and connecting is with nature, with hmm. with someone that you're with, with. Uh, if you have a faith system that you believe in, uh, a, you know God or whatever, you know you're connecting with that. Um, uh, you know it's it's about leaving the distractions and getting to a place where you can truly connect on your on your deepest level. That's why I love the outdoors, and yeah. and to me it is so healthy. To for me to do that, mm-hmm. and uh, it has been awesome the the journey that. Amy and I have been on for 21 years and just, you know, it, it, 
for her, she gets it now. It's mm. not just my, I'm trying to get away from you guys. Yeah. She understands that, oh, you do need this. You, you yeah. know, almost to the point where she would say, you should go away somewhere. Mm. And she's not saying, you're annoying me, leave. She's like, I can see in you that you need you need some health again. Yeah. Well, a lot of people talk about it too with like exercise or jogging, right? Like I need that for my mental and emotional health mm-hmm. to be the person that I want to be around other people. Absolutely. Like I need that space to gain perspective, interpret the world, yeah. you know, go inside with what's going on and challenges and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. if you don't have that, it's like, well, maybe do you need to go for a run today? I want you to go exercise. You mm-hmm. need to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Like go there so that you can deal with your stuff yeah, and then come back refreshed and renewed so right. that you can be there for other people. Yeah. Regardless of what activity type that is. Yeah. So that's what we love about it. I mean, uh, I don't know. Is there anything you need to add? We'll dig in more, I'm sure, over oh, future yeah. episodes. This is just so. scratching the surface. Yeah. Well, hey, I just want to thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you to producer Chad. Mm, hey, man, you thanks, are a Chad. rock star. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you've enjoyed this show, hey, we want to ask that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and tell a friend about it uh, who might enjoy it. Uh, follow us on social media. We're on Instagram at Breaking Camp Podcast. And send us an email at breakingcamppodcast at gmail.com and let us know what you would like us to talk about. <laughs> all right, that's all for now. So get outside and do something fun. See you.